Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sam Legasic. And I'm Dreadful Dan Gallagher. And we're two old buddies that have lived our life at the edge of the mainstream. So come join us where things are a little... Odd. This is the... of yours will be reduced to a burned-out cinder. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an episode of Oddcast Movies, Music and Gaming. And here today with me, as always, is Dreadful Dan G. Hello, Dan. Hey, how you doing? Yes, 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 yes. I'm very good. Um, <laughs> tell, tell me good about your uh, about your week. What have you been doing? What have you been watching, listening to, reading, um, painting, uh, kissing, smooching, um, <laughs> anything? I've been listening to Harry Cloud, who um, is a Los Angeles-based, I think, musician. Um, and he's a guy that... He's come about because I really like bands, like some modern noise rock bands, like Hepatitis, um, Quay, um, and basically he saw a video that I did and asked me if I wanted to listen to some of his music, basically. Mm. Um, so he sent me some stuff, and it's really amazing, and it's really strange as well. Um, I just put a video together, which I'll probably be posting in the week, about uh, about his stuff, but... It's kind of um, every every possible strand you can think of of every subgenre of rock has been kind of like pulled in, strewn about, um, degraded in some fashion, mm. um, and then kind of like shoved into some huge, great big, weird rock nightmare. Oh, lovely! <laughs> so, uh, um, but with a sense of humour as well. Yeah, it's almost like life is horrible, but. Isn't that funny? <laughs> yes. 
really which is sort is. of a bit like the film that we were talking about today. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I should say, uh, I've not really, you know what? Um, I don't think I've listened to anything. You know what I've listened to actually, which was really weird is the fucking, um, Ash 1977 album. Um, oh, really? Yeah, it kind of threw itself up on Spotify and I went back and I was like, it's a really good pop album. It's a really good pop rock album. Um, and they never really did much else that was kind of on par with that afterwards, really, I suppose, did they? I was listening to um, Goldfinger a lot mm-hmm. earlier this year, for some reason, at the start mm-hmm. of summer, which I haven't listened to in 20 years. Mm. Really like that track. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, I, I've, apart from that, I've been playing Last of Us 2 and Full Guide still, still doing those two games, switching between the two. Um, I feel like I've done something else but maybe i haven't i think that's been basically it trolls world tour with the kids that was actually pretty good actually um <laughs> quite i quite enjoyed that um and yeah i guess that's it um but one film i did watch which is the subject of today's episode is the 2009 film um the human centipede brackets first sequence Yes, um, I was wondering if I could get driving directions to a nightclub called... Hello, sweetie. No, we're in Germany right now. Maybe we can talk to you later? All right, we miss you. Bye, Amy. Bye, sweetie. I think we're supposed to turn. I thought you knew exactly where we were going. What was that? We're on a road trip through like Europe. A, yeah. Can you call uh, the emergency car service for us? You have a really lovely home. The Siamese shipment connected via the gastric system. <laughs> the human centipede. So Dan, Human Centipede. Had you had you seen this before? Yeah, I thought it was older than that. I do remember seeing it at the time, um, and I just thought it's a beautiful film um, with very simple narrative, bright visuals, utterly charming, really uh, wonderful for children, young and old. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I, th- I think. I think I came on to a, a review, I'm kind of spoiling the end, that said something like, um, I expected this to be like something akin to a Pixar film. <laughs> yeah, it, it, was, it was in some, the, the Hungry Caterpillar. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah. It's like that's, that, isn't it? That's what we're doing today, isn't it? <laughs> the Hungry Hunk. Caterpillar. It's, the, uh, it's based, um, th- this is it, yeah, a movie based on the book, The Hungry Caterpillar, um, Human, cent- thought, Human Centipede. Oh, I haven't gone and watched the wrong film, have I? Oh, no. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. No, we're talking uh, about the uh, the Tom Six horror um, human, human Centipede, which caused a lot of kerfuffle back when it was released um, in the day. Uh, and I think weirdly, Dan, I think you agree with me that it's not, you don't, it's not really very horrific. You don't really even see that much. 
No, they uh, dialed that back. They, some somebody else could have really ratcheted up the horrible uh, imagery, couldn't they, of uh, what it was like having your mouth supplanted to an anus. Mm. But uh, they had some class and dignity. Mm. They did, yeah. Well, that's why that's why we've chosen it really today, and that's why because it's a classy oh, film. <laughs> because it's a classy piece of cinema that um, <laughs> that people, you know, a, a critically acclaimed piece. Um, no, I think it's a very odd film because if you don't know already, it's a film about a doctor who sews, he gets three people together basically, and he sews their mouths onto each other's anuses. Um, so you've got the tail <laughs> end, uh, which is a, um, a woman, there's the two American women that kind of stumble upon this place and one Japanese guy, um, got a woman on the back whose mouth is attached to her friend's asshole. She has her mouth attached to this Japanese guy's asshole, and he's just the mouth. He's the the head, the leader of the pack of the three. And basically yeah. the whole film is about this weird German doctor who his dream is to stitch three people together. He's a he, at one point he says he's the leading surgeon of separating Siamese twins. Um, and now he basically wants to do the opposite. All this <laughs> all this thing of separating people, he wants to put them together. Um, That's enough of it. Yeah, exactly. And basically it's him doing that and the process of it. And also, um, yeah, and that's basically it really. And him just trying not to get found out. Um, And I think that's what's weird about the film is that it's not, nothing, it's so centered around this one idea that nothing really happens. (laughs) There's no like character arc or much of that. Um, yeah, I mean, what what did you what did you think of it generally? I thought uh, upon reviewing it, so I did I did watch it when it came out, but I can barely remember it, and I just had a little uh, a skim of it ahead of this episode. Um, it is a film of two halves, I thought, because the first half is kind of the more traditional horror of these two girls of you know what they've broken down on the highway and they've stumbled upon this house looking for help. And then they've plunged into this like nightmare scenario. And is he going to get them or are they going to get away? Um, so that's the first half. Uh, spoiler, they don't get away. Um, they get uh, grafted into this uh, human centipede. Um, and then kind of part two kind of then sort of plays around. It's almost like they've gone, so what would a day in the life of an actual human centipede be? Um, let's just spend 45 minutes making that film. Um, and you just see them sort of like crawling around and wailing and moaning. And um, it kind of just sort of like, like you said, there isn't really any plot. It just sort of plays out then in yeah. that regard, I think. It's weird because it's, you're completely, you're completely right. Um, <laughs> it does feel exactly like that. I think as well, I came into this having already heard the rumours about what, like the, the idea behind it, the mouth to anus thing, one gastric system thing, which was disgusting. And it was like, okay, that intrigues me because it's so horrific and stupid. Um, but I didn't realise, I found this quite funny. I found the film um, a bit of a comedy, right yep. from the off as well. And I think I'm not the only person, right? Well, because it's just so absurd. It's a bit like we had the discussion about Dogtooth, where we said actually... Yeah. A lot of it is sort of kind of played for laughs in a way because it's just so over-the-top revolting. Um, but especially that second half, I thought it started to get a bit, a bit, a bit comical. 
Yeah. Well, I, I guess like there were some parts of the film where I think generally I found it enjoyable. I didn't hate it. The reason why is because I quite liked the pace of it. It feels that 90 minutes that you're sitting with it doesn't, I didn't actually get bored. And I think partly because they, Tom Six, the director, producer, did everything on it, whatever, him and his sister, um, uh, they are constantly teasing you with like escape. Mm-hmm. So you, at, at some point, um, like every like, I don't know, 10 minutes or something, they tease you that like they could actually get away, like something's happening. And so yeah. by doing that, it kind of like pulls you in. Um, and that's part of the reason why I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the kind of campy, goofy, as you said, OTT horror of it. And part of that's to do with the um, main doctor guy, this guy called, and excuse me if I say it's wrong, Dieter Lassa, I think, mm-hmm. who was um, kind of a fairly well-known German um, actor. But he, um, this part was apparently basically kind of written for him. Um, that Tom Six had seen him on something or other and been like, that guy has a weird face and he generally, <laughs> he generally looks insane. So He does. Um, yeah, I want him to be it. Like, this is all going to be based around him. Um, and there were some bits, there were some shots, like I think, um, not to go like into too much detail, but the first shot, um, if you remember, is a motorway. You're at the side of a motorway, yeah. just watching cars fly by. And then it slowly, slowly turns to this doctor sitting in his car, um, looking at his three dogs, which is quite funny. Um, his three dogs, who he'd had obviously been his first experiment, who had already tied, who had, he, who had been stitched together. And immediately I found that quite, <laughs> I was like, well, there was he looking at? Like, quite weird and funny. But it also shows you like, this is like, like the motorway is like the normal people, like the mainstream as we kind of talk about. This is mm. like life, but we are going over here to something that's <laughs> weird and freaky and totally fucking off, um, off kilter. And uh, yeah, that truck driver, I always thought it was funny. It's like this truck driver pulls over to go for a shit and he pulls up right behind this doctor guy. Like if you're going to go for a shit in the woods, you're not going to pull up next to another car if it's <laughs> empty everywhere else. Maybe he was a scat fetishist. Yeah, maybe. Well, he kind of runs off to hide. Apparently that guy had been in a previous Tom Six film. That's actually his mate, that trucker guy. Um, and yeah, and I quite liked the way it was like, you've got the two American girls, they get lost on the highway. And if you remember, there's that like old guy in his white vest. He's like, I've heard your pussies get really wet or something. And they're like, what? Because they don't speak German <laughs> and all this stuff. And he's like, do you want to you wanna fuck, right? Let's fuck, let's all fuck. He's like this horrible, slobby guy. So you're just like immediately thrown into this thing of like, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell is happening? Um, yeah. I was a little bit like um, wondering because it's like what my criticism people have with Taken is that it's slightly xenophobic in that, you know, um, a foreign land is just full of weirdos and you're going to get like raped and killed within five minutes because it's not like America or whatever. Um, it's not, you know, it's all, it's the weird, it's the other. Um and yeah, and I was, I kind of found it a bit strange how it's, and I don't know, I, I mean, like, tell me if I'm wrong, how it's um, like the two American women essentially invading his home because they break down and they like going around his house trying to get in. Um, and that was also just on a side note, that's also a good way of what films um, should do uh, in something like that, where you, especially when you've got one location, which is just kind of showing you the area. 
Um, mm. And it works for a lot of good horror films. Like Alien is my always go-to, for instance, mm. because then you you might not realise it, but subconsciously you've made a map in your head. So well, the establishing rest, the isolation. Yeah. Well, establishing A, the isolation, yeah, but B, the layout. Mm. So you see they go around the entire house and it, it's quite important later because that's how they, you know, they're getting in and out through the bedroom, whatever, and all this stuff. And you know where the front door is. So you've kind of, you know, where the lounge is. Um, so you've already kind of got a layout of yeah. of the scene um, as you go in. And a lot of good films um, do that. It's not always necessary, but when you're dealing with one location where this is, then um, you know it helps. But then I was thinking, is it them kind of like they're the tourists within like his home? And all this stuff. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was like, is it yeah. supposed to be some kind of play on like, you know, fuck the Americans, fuck tourists and all this stuff. You come over here, come into our land and all this stuff. Um, the Germans always get a bad flack though. But uh, again, as we said in the Dogtooth episode, they did create Fritzl. So. Create him, like in a lab. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they've uh, the guy, Dieter Lasser, said, um, or Laser, he said, I literally have no idea. He... Uh, did talk about the fact that um, he kind of played into like the Nazism surrounding yeah. his character and all that. And the fact that it was like, you know, the um, experimentations that the Nazis did back then. And, um, you know, he's wearing those like boots um, yeah. and the fe- he fetishizes all the, that kind of side of it. Um, so apparently, like, I was trying to look for like, some kind of Nazism stuff and like his name, his character name, I haven't got it in front of me, which is really bad, but I should know it. But um, it's a play on some of the, like the, you know, the Nazis of the time. Yeah. Um, And it's quite interesting, but I was like, I wasn't like getting pure Nazi vibes. I was getting more like pop Nazi vibes or something, or just like a general impression. I was a little bit like, I don't really know how far I should look into this. It's just playing up that stereotype, which has now echoed down the generations. I think of, like you say, the you know these horrible, cold uh, men who were experimenting with eugenics. Yeah, it's just that character, yeah. isn't it? Just taken to another extreme. Mm. Yeah, you're right. Um, and if you, by the way, if you notice when he when they go into the house, there's a Siamese twin painting on the wall. Do you remember? Yeah, that? yeah, um, quite good. Yeah, so Tom Six <laughs> painted it. He oh, really. <laughs> Yeah, funny enough. And I like the way... Yeah, yeah. And I like the way there's a certain shot. Because there's there's a few quite all right shots, which I quite liked. But um, there's one shot with the Siamese twin painting in the background. And then the girls in the foreground, they look at each other and then they look away. And then I'm like, oh, that's quite interesting because they're just about to have their fucking... (laughs) They're about to, like, come together any any second now. Um, And that was one also, like, other thing which I liked about it was that it... um, the medical side of it all, even though it's fucking nonsense and ridiculous, I liked how it took it very slowly and methodically um, in that, you know, where he gives like the little presentation and the Mm. Japanese guy is shouting, which apparently was um, ad-libbed. And then, yeah, you're kind of seeing the slow methodical process and the kind of painstaking sweat that he's putting into doing this. Um, So that they're kind of building up the fact that He's put a lot of effort into this. It's like a passion. This isn't just, you know, whatever. This is something he, you know, he's put a lot of work and time or whatever into it. Um, And I quite like that idea of it. And that made it, in my head, worse because it really built up the horrific nature 
of this whole thing. And because you don't see anything and you're picturing a lot of it, um, I thought that was quite cool because it left a look. I always like stuff that leaves stuff to your imagination anyway. Yeah. Um, and I like the fact they went to town on kind of describing it so that they didn't actually have to show it. You would just understand it basically. Um, yes. Yeah. And it's uh, just built the, built the horror anticipation of horror. Mm. Did you find it like slow and boring or were you actually all right throughout the whole thing? Um, there are times where, yeah, it's, it feels a little bit slow, I think. Um, but again, that's because there isn't really all that much happening. You're waiting anticipation of, you know, because everyone that sees this film knows, you know, what happens. Yeah. It was marketed as such, wasn't it? So you're just kind of waiting for that to happen. And then I think you're waiting to see if they find a way out of their predicament. Mm. Um, yeah. So it's a bit of being... Film. A little bit of being a kind of, um, you know, on the part of the viewer, me, <laughs> yeah, being a little bit impatient. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is, yeah, fair enough. Um, I like the way as well it kind of mixed with different um, languages, basically. So, yeah, it had like the European German side of it. It had the American thing, so it's in like, you know, it could tap into the American market. And then it had the Japanese theme because he, Tom Six is like a big fan of Takeshi Mike and all this stuff. Um, and he knew that this would tap into like the Japanese market really well. Like they love this uh. weird fucked up shit. Um, apparently he also said that the reason why he put the Japanese guy at the front is because there was like the, the doctor speaks English. He doesn't speak Japanese. And so there would be that disconnect. So yeah. because... Um, he sees it as an animal, as his pet, yeah. um, because it's speaking it, you know what I mean? Because he's speaking yeah. another language. Um, it kind of, in his head... Uh, like dehumanises him. Dehumanises him, exactly, yeah. Um, which I thought was was quite interesting and worked quite well. Um, yeah, because I did wonder that, what's he doing at the front? <laughs> Someone's made a decision. The character or the filmmaker has made a decision about that. Mm. Um, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think... Um, this is, yeah, so these little touches, which I was like, okay, yeah, that's, you know, that's quite nice. It does feel like quite um, quite carefully considered, but it was also one of those things, I think the comedy side of it as well, where I was like, oh, at every point I'm just like, it's always like they're doing the wrong thing. Like the Japanese guy at the front, I'm like, there's so many times where you could just, just grab him. Just, <laughs> just grab him and choke <laughs> him. Like, you know, you don't need, you're still on your knees. It's not like you, you know... You know, I know he's like obviously like he can't stand up or whatever they say and all this stuff, but you can still drag him down and choke him. I know there's bits where he like he bites him or whatever and all this, um, and then at the end he like you know bites on his neck. But it's like you had so many opportunities before this. <laughs> but then <laughs> to do it, but but killing him isn't the answer, really, is it? Because well, yeah, you're still you like that. You're still yeah, and how, how do you? What do you do then? Well, then you'd have to like work work together. But that's what I mean. They were doing it like outside in the in the grass. They could have gone in and found a phone. They know they have a phone. I mean, right, what, it's only going to get worse, isn't it? You can't yeah. keep them alive for the sake of it. But it's um, yeah. I thought that was quite funny. I thought it was also funny. It's like the cops, the policeman, that whole thing. <laughs> I thought it was um, it was quite funny. It's like he drops the needle in front of him. He's like, "What's that?" He's like, "Oh, I've got diabetes or something." Yeah. <laughs> These two useless cops. Uh, um, 
and uh yeah so the the ending obviously spoilers here um is that the uh the japanese guy the japanese guy has basically this whole like um soliloquy where he's like this is like for um this is vengeance or whatever for the fact that um i've been an animal in life and i've done you know i've lived like an animal um and you know this is my comeuppance or whatever and then he slits his own throat um and then <laughs> the girl who's her mate um because because kind of like the protagonist it's not really a protagonist but the main character let's say is the girl in the middle yeah um and her mate who's at the end um basically dies and she's just fucking stuck <laughs> And that's the final shot. She's just stuck in the middle with the guy in front of her dead and the guy and the woman behind her dead. She's just fucking oh. there. And the cops have been killed. The, the doctor's dead. So she's just stuck. Like you, you that's... think that, you know, when a cop doesn't come back from checking something out and then he went to get a warrant that, you know, someone's going to turn up um, to save her. But uh, you're not given that assurance though, which is, yeah, what's yeah, so great. Exactly. And to leave her in this absolute worst nightmare predicament you can think of. Mm. What I thought was nice as well is they, you'll know about what they do here. Maybe they change some of the like, colour saturation or something. Yeah, they do. But yeah. almost immediately, those two dead characters look really grey. Mm. It's absolutely revolting. It's like that concept of something dying inside you. It's, it's like something has died attached to your body. Yeah. And yeah. you're just stuck there. And, oh, ugh. Yeah, and that's what's great. It's just those little things. But yeah, you're right, they did. They kind of graded it so that... Um, yeah, they would go a little bit more more grey. They did some like kind of graphical um, stuff in it. Apparently, um, there's like one shot. You know when he's getting the um, glass put back in, um, she smashes through the glass, and then he's oh, just yeah. standing there in a suit, and they put the glass back in. Um, and they like you could obviously see the camera normally if, whilst that was being put in, but they kind of blurred that out, um, which no one would have noticed had it been there. So there's a little bit of post that went into it, which is quite these nice little touches and I quite liked that shot and I was kind of looking at it going what does this shot mean and I was thinking I don't think it means anything I think he just thought it was a good looking shot <laughs> <laughs> um I was trying to read into it I think part of it is also because there are people who have come from the outside in to replace the glass and you're thinking oh maybe there's an opportunity oh no they've gone so yeah um, that's one of those again, little hope spots yeah there's a lot of those tropes you know we've probably both seen a lot of these kind of films where someone's held hostage um and there's a lot of things like that crop up in the film but i mean it's not it's used well i think Mm. um you know sometimes you don't have to use loads of whistles and bells just go back to what works and he does things like that the director to yeah just keep that tension there and keep your interest yeah and that's it. It just kind of, it's enough to work. I've seen, I can, like when people are like, oh, it's the worst film I've ever seen. It's not the worst film I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of bad films. I've seen a lot of really bad horror films, which are really, really fucking boring. I think yeah. this is actually quite well, fairly well produced. Um, I actually think the fact that it's really simple is a good thing. It stays around one idea. That's fine. That's all you need. You don't need yeah. to overload it. It's a simple enough um, premise um that would go to it i thought it was schlocky in a funny way it was really kind of on that line where it's like this could go either way and it kind of towed it quite nicely sometimes dipping a bit more maybe into the schlocky than i would have liked like the thing is like that that doctor guy like when he's like licking the blood off the stairs when he's like just generally shouting or just looking like a maniac and that scene where he's like feed her 
yeah, or whatever. <laughs> it's a fucking brilliant scene. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. I'm just like, and he's like getting off about licking the boot and all this stuff. Um, I'm just like, yeah, he's just way too much. Like I can't, it's not good acting. It's just like shouting. Um, Pantomime. It's, it's a bit Tommy Wiseau or something like that. Um, almost. Um, and I thought what was weird is I really did think that, and this was quite interesting. Um, I really did think that there would be like a sexual edge to it or a nature. He's going to end up fucking like one at the back or something like that. Um, yeah. But there wasn't really. Like when he's licking the blood at the end and he's kind of getting off on it, I was like, oh, okay, they've kind of given it a weird sexual thing. But throughout the whole thing, it's very much this weird like dominant um, power thing. But yeah. almost, like then the boots is a kind of sexual thing which you say like try and bite my leg or whatever. Um, but you're like, that's kind of a practical thing, but he's also got the whip and he's whipping it and he's doing all this stuff. And you're like, okay, I kind of, it's kind of like godlike complex or whatever, fine. But I really thought there would be more of like a sexual thing to it. And there really wasn't. And I was, didn't really know what to think about that. <laughs> that's when you sort out the uh, porno remake of Human Centipede. <laughs> oh God. I bet there must be one out there. There definitely must be. Dan, welcome back. Hello. Um, <laughs> it's funny, you know, a film like this, like you said, it kind of revolves around that one central concept. Um, and you wonder where an idea like that springs from. And then once you've got that idea, how you kind of pitch it and how the ball gets <laughs> rolling on a film like this. Yeah. Well, apparently Tom Six was basically um, chatting with his mates about uh, there was this pedo or something like that um, that got caught and him and his mates were saying how like they would basically, you know, punish him and and um, either him or one of his friends, whatever said, oh, they would um, sew his mouth onto a fat trucker's anus, uh. made him eat shit for the rest of his life. And then basically Tom Six was like, oh, that'd be, that'd be an interesting horror film. Yeah. It and then it went from there to like, okay, I'm just going to make a film about this. Cool. That's uh, um, funny because um, we were having a conversation about my friend um, Rog. He was getting uh, married this year, got mm-hmm. cancelled because of COVID. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the stag do. And um, yeah, we got chatting and it ended up with me suggesting that we, we graft his penis to the side of his face. Um, and that would be a hilarious stag do uh, prank. Um, mm. Especially when he turns up walking down the aisle in his uh, bride to be season. Um, a huge boner. Yeah, or just, just for the rest of his life, just sort of like, just, just sort of spunking a bit on his face. Um, maybe, that, maybe that's another horror film. Maybe well, this is it. In contact with Tom yeah, so, so what do I do now, now that I've had this great idea? Well, now you call yourself Dan Seven. Yeah. <laughs> And you go out and you make it and you call it the human dick face. <laughs> First ejaculation. Will I make a, <laughs> will, will I will I make a lot of money? Well yeah, you I think you do all right. Did this um, film do all right? Yeah, it did all right. Yeah, it was well funny, it's because it um did quite well on the indie circuit. It got a lot of um good and bad press. It did win a few like indie awards, whatever. Hmm. Um 
But the box office was fairly low. I think it came in like a quarter of a mil or something like that, which is bad, but it's not anything. It's not great. It's not, it's not um, enough for me to bother getting out no, of uh, bed and writing but script. But home video release, DVDs, etc. Um, it did really well. Wow. A lot of people went out and got the film based yeah. upon the kind of, you have to see it kind of thing. It's disgusting yeah. and all this stuff. That kind of buzz. Um and a lot of the kind of, I think, IAFC films or whatever they're called, um, were the, the president thereof was just like, this is a goldmine just because of this sheer buzz that's kind of going on around it. <laughs> like, we need to get this film out there. Um, and they were right for doing so. It did really well um, on the home video release front. Uh, but it was actually financed. Um, uh, to get it financed, they just basically went in and told them that it's a horror film about people being stitched together. They did uh. not mention the mouth to anus part. They wasn't asked <laughs> and it wasn't told. And um, yeah, so apparently when they actually went, a lot of these guys, when they went to see the film, like complained a lot, but it did well enough that, um, you know, it kind of shut them up after a while. Can um, you imagine though, those um, people that put the money up, they're now going to have to think every single time we have a discussion about film, we're going to have to ask just to be sure. <laughs> We've got this lovely idea for a romantic comedy uh, set in New York and in December and there'll be all snow and they're going to kiss under uh, <laughs> the Christmas tree. Is he going to be kissing her anus? Is it mouth to anus action? No, I can assure you, just normal. All right, so I'm really... Uh, I've been I stunned before. I do before. have to ask. <laughs> You might you might think it a weird question, but um, yeah, and uh, yeah, so they but yeah they got the money, um, very low budget. I think they shot it in the Netherlands, um, and yeah, apparently it was like in this house which wasn't quite isolated, so there were other houses around, and people were just looking out their windows, and like what the fuck was going on, like in the garden scene, so he's like going feed him and feed her or whatever. <laughs> three people saying that's about so um in case you don't know um or if you're inclined to to wonder um y- yeah they basically had on these shorts essentially and they were given these little like bits to put in their mouths so it looked like their jaws were open um and it was all kind of wrapped up um so that's how uh it, that's how they kind of got away with it basically because you're kind of thinking oh like how close do they be but apparently it's some like proper like thick shorts um they were wearing so there's no you know they're trying to obviously not have it, so there's no they're not actually near anyone's like oh, it's still um, so degrading but, though it is degrading and as during an actor, the casting can you imagine yeah ma- mad and during the casting process um Apparently, like, a lot of women just walked out, thought it was a porn film, just said, like, fuck off and all this stuff because basically, obviously, the casting process is, like, I don't think, they, I can't remember if they told anyone until they got there or whatever, but it was like, right, so you need to get on all fours and basically put your face on that person's <laughs> What? Jesus. Um, yeah, which must have been tough. But, yeah, the American girls, um, they were kind of, I believe they were, like, fresh out of film college or whatever, um, the Japanese guy, I think, had been in some stuff, but I think some older Japanese guy um, had had an accident just before filming, and this guy auditioned over Skype, and uh, yeah, and he got he got the part. Um, but he was in like the best position, obviously. Um, yeah. if, you know, he's not going to complain too much, but um, yeah, and apparently, just because they were like on their knees, hands and knees all day, and all this stuff, um, 
and they were kind of like attached in a way. Uh, they had to, they were getting like massages at the end of every day um, hmm. and all this stuff. Apparently the walking up the staircase scene was apparently very difficult um, because they did have to like, because they were kind of basically attached. Um, like the girl at the end felt like she was like, she's like, I had the weight of two people like on my mouth. Um, trying to push them up and the guy was like yeah, at the same time was like yeah I'm trying to like pull two people up um, on your hands and knees it's quite tough so yeah it sounds like it was quite not only was it degrading but um, quite physically demanding as well and at the same time oh. the actor um, Dieter Lesser or whatever later um, who I believe is dead now actually um, should have looked that up but he was apparently um, in character on the set the whole time so he would out and out. Apparently, at one point, him and the Japanese guy actually got into like almost fisticuffs um, <laughs> over something. And the, the doctor guy was just like he kept very separate um, and all this stuff. He's very method, and apparently, um, like that kind of added to the fear element, which I kind yeah. of get. But at the same time, I'm like, if that guy just turned up and started acting like that from the off, you would probably be even as an actor like pretty terrified. He's quite a. Um, got such a terrifyingly weird face yeah when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue nile.com you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Um, they should um, maybe make that like a, a round on a game show or something. That whole like get up the stairs as part of a human centipede. <laughs> Or if they're, I don't know if there's like a big cult fan following of this film, but if they had like a, I don't know, if they have like an annual get together or something, it'd be like the, the Caterpillar Games. It would be the equivalent of, um, what is it, when they all go in a line? Hey! What's it called? Like a conga. Conga, that's it. But they call it the centre conga. I don't know. Or you could keep adding people on the end, like a game of Snake. Yeah. Exactly. Or going da, 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 up a spiral staircase. Ah, oh, sounds like great fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, doesn't it just? Um, and yeah, some other little bits and pieces which I thought was quite funny. Apparently, instead of saying action, Tom Six would say rock and roll. Wee, um, cool, cool dude. <laughs> rock like, and roll. Oh, that's quite, that quite funny. <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, I think that's kind of it in terms of in terms of the production. Apparently, it was like quite a jovial set for the most part. Um, it wasn't, you know, they had kind of had a bit of fun with it. Um, and yeah, I generally thought it was uh, it's fairly funny. But then at the same time, I'm like, is it supposed to be that funny? I'm not. I wasn't sure. Depends uh, how damaged you are inside. The answer is very damaged, so maybe uh, don't think about that. Um, So, Dan, that's basically it. Um, So, should we take a dip into Nerd Corner? Fantastic. I love it in there. Well, welcome to Nerd Corner, Dan. How does it feel in here? Quite warm Uh... and sweaty. Yeah, like somewhere someone's been masturbating for three weeks without yeah, the sun be? shining in. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's weird. Um, so yeah, don't just don't open, don't open that over there. Uh, you don't want to. It's, not, it's nothing, nothing to see. Just don't, don't, yeah. <laughs> Bloody hell! Why are there centipedes with little human faces stitched onto them? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Dan, oh, Nerd Corner. I haven't really got that much. Nerd. One of the things we should say, actually, Nerd Corner, um, is the hundred percent medically accurate element, um, which is false. <laughs> <laughs> they did. They did get a. Um, I think they got like a surgeon of some kind to like help them with it in a very base way. So like the whole thing of like, well, I guess you kind of, you know, take take a graft of like the arse or whatever and put it onto like that kind of side of it. I think he kind of helped with, um, but the fact that they had some kind of involvement from a doctor, that's for them. That was cause (laughs) enough to put hundred percent medically accurate. Um, which I thought was quite funny. Um, but yeah, that is actually false. Um, but that's not much of a nerd thing. Uh, the nerd thing I was going to say is that I've watched, um, uh, human centipede two, which is a full sequence and human centipede, Three, which is final sequence. Okay, um, so I'd be interested to know. Mm. Yeah, where do you go with a film like this? Well, Dan, have you watched either of them? Have you watched two and three? I don't know anything about them. Right, I've. I might put it, put it on the list for us to, <laughs> to do, um, especially Human Centipede Two, because I really like Human Centipede Two okay. more than I like Human Centipede One, which isn't really saying much. But the thing with Human Centipede Two is, but firstly, it's set in London or Britain, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And with each film, so basically, apparently Tom Six was like, um, he always kind of wanted to do a trilogy, but he did the first one and was like, right, I'm going to kind of get the idea into people's heads. Um, And then he, he was, you know, it was always like just a back, back of the head, kind of like, uh, it'd be nice to do three films because Human Centipede, there was always going to be three parts, whatever, three people. Um, But yeah, like you just said, like, where'd you go? Where'd you go from there? And so second time, he kind of took a lot of the feedback from what people said about the first film and smashed it <laughs> in a sense of they were like, Oh, you don't really see much. Like, okay, well, I'm going to show you a lot more. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was like, okay, well, you know, it's only three of them. He's like, well, I'll put a lot more people in then. Um, so the number two is all in black and white for a start. That's um, interesting. Yeah. Which I was a bit like, why? But actually it's like, that 
it's like a Nine Inch Nails video or something. Um, okay. In a sense, because of all the blood and all this stuff and the weirdness of it. And also from a British perspective, it kind of looks, because it's all set in Britain and it's black and white, it kind of makes mm. you think like about like Coronation Street or something like that. Like it's an healing e- comedy. Yeah, yeah, almost. It's got this kind of like weird <laughs> 60s vibe to it, even though it's set in the modern day or what was the modern day. Um, and the main guy is this one of the strangest looking men I've ever seen. And um, uh, apparently Tom Six said like where the doctor before was like this tall, thin, um, like quite intimidating man. Um, the guy in the second one, he's a security guard. It's like this short, fat, little like pedo looking guy, um, but really unintimidating, really disgusting. Um, and basically the whole thing, and this is what I quite liked about it, is that it's set in a world where the human centipede one um is a film that exists. Oh uh-huh. okay. So he's so in Human Centipede Two, this security guard is a fan of the first film to where to the point where he's like wanking over it, whatever. And at one point I think he's barbed wire to like wank and all this stuff. Um like really fucking fucked up shit. So he wants to create his own human centipede and he gets the actress who was the middle one in the first film. Yeah. He he makes a whole, he builds up this whole fake thing of like getting her to fly over or whatever for this like premiere or interview. I can't remember what it is. Um, and then he puts her into a human centipede. Amazing. So, so the eye, so it gets really meta and I really, really liked that about it. But what's also good is that, and um, this is kind of what they learned from the first film, where like the first one, it was like a doctor doing it, like very surgical, very precise, very, there was a, a, a kind of, you know, a professionalism to it. Yeah. He's just some fucking security guard. So he's like trying to staple their mouths to like assholes and stuff like that and doing it in a really like cock-ended way. Like, and it's really disgusting to watch. And it's all in this like warehouse and obviously it's all black and white. It's really gray and all the blood is all black and all this stuff. Um, and it is absolutely horrific. Like it, and I really enjoyed it because I enjoyed the meta side of it. It's so fucking out there and yeah. crazy. It was all the stuff that people went into Human Centipede One thinking, I hope they don't show that or like that's disgusting. Human Centipede Two is full on. Here, here's the horrible shit. Basically, all that stuff that you know, I didn't really show anything in the first film. I'm showing you everything here. So all that disgusting, all the horrible and like people trying to like pull their faces away from like the arseholes and all this stuff. Um, and you seeing all that stuff, it's just like, oh, it's so disgusting. But at the same time, it's kind of got this, it's got a character arc for the um, guy, the main guy, okay. the security guard, because essentially he's this like um, emasculated, like he lives at home with his mum and his like stepdad, even though they all look the same age. And um, I think they kind of give over this weird, like, uh, B story about how the stepdad is basically, like, sexually abusing him, which yeah. is weird because he's, like, this 40-year-old, horrible, disgusting, like, fat, ugly little man. Um, and it's just, like, it's weird. So he's got this whole, like, you know, overbearing mother, like, serial killer kind of vibe. And by the And this is how, like, he's building out his power thing. So we're in the first film, the doctor kind of starts at 100 and stays there with yeah. this. It's got a bit more of a build. And because you can see him like, doesn't know what he's doing and he's really trying to um, make this work, this human centipede work. Like, he basically wants to like succeed in something. He wants to complete yeah. 
he wants to you know make something and it's all kind of going wrong for him a little bit and all this stuff um i thought that was interesting now people are just gonna be like what the fuck are you talking about it's some sadistic horror torture porn like sicko thing and yes it's still very much that but again i've watched a lot of films like that do stuff like that like the hostel series or whatever um and i'm like i don't like those films i think they're shit but this one i felt was a little bit more it's still trying to shock and i totally get that but at the same time i don't mind people trying to shock me <laughs> yeah it sounds a bit more well it sounds a bit more layered it certainly sounds a bit more interesting to me yeah and it's just like it is horrible it's a really nasty piece of work um <laughs> But yeah, I, I liked the whole meta thing of it. I was like, the fact yeah. that it's kind of taken that approach, I thought was really interesting. Um, yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. and uh, So where do you go from there? Oh, where do you go from film? there? The third film is like, it reminds me, you know, like how Evil Dead 3 is basically a comedy. Yeah. It's basically what Human Centipede 3 does. Okay. So Human Centipede 3 takes place in a prison in Texas where the head of the prison... It's the doctor from the first film, not the, the actor, not the character. Right. And he, with his German accent, is trying to be a Texas prison head, head whatever they call them, um, looking after this prison. The main guy from the second film is his right-hand man playing okay. the same actor, different character. And it takes place where, and it's very bright, it's very colourful, it's very orange, very burnt out. And it's a comedy. It's a flat out trying to be funny. It is awful and dire on so many levels. Um, and it tries to, it's much less um, shocking. It's much, it's got, it's kind of trying to do away from any kind of gritty realism. Not that number two is gritty realism, but it was gritty. Um, whereas this is just like pure sun soaked, like, like a desert for hallucination or something like that. Not as gory. It does end. The whole point of it is that they're trying to like, cut costs or something and so like the prisoners are getting out of hand so they're like right well there's only one thing we could do we're gonna set up a 500 man um human centipede (laughs) and it's you can tell the budget is just absolutely tiny because there's one shot of like which is the cover for the human centipede 3 um poster or film whatever you want to say which is all these prisoners like in one that's one shot and that is the money shot and everything else is filmed like completely on the cheap. You can tell. Weirdly, Eric Roberts is in it as um um I don't know, I can't remember what he plays, like the head of the prison <laughs> like um across the country. I don't know, like some kind of uh um office person or whatever, or someone that's just come down to take a look at what all this happens, what all this is about. Um but yeah, by that point, you've kind of, a human centipede has like lost its impact, and because yeah. it's being played for laughs, um, there's it's not very much horror. There's a whole bit where it's like they cut someone's side open and fuck his side, his kidney or something like that. But you're just like, okay, like that was a bit weird. But it's not the same kind of. It doesn't really feel much of an impact because all these characters are essentially like cartoons. Yeah. Um, and there's no real like plot, but the German actor guy is just like still completely OTT and it just doesn't fit. <laughs> it's just weird. And funny enough, the actor from the second one, he played that really weird guy. And I was like, I feel like there's an element of realism. <laughs> like this guy might actually be like that. In the third film, he plays this like 
you know, like, oh, sir, I don't think you should be uh, doing that kind of thing. And I was like, okay, that's actually really weird because that's a com- he's gone completely the other way. And he's like the kind of good guy of the third film. Um, and it's just weird. It's just weird to watch, but it is by far the worst of the three um, on so many levels. Um, but again, Tom Six is in it as himself. Oh, yeah. Talking about Human Centipede 1 and 2. So again, it takes place, it's taken another meta level where, yeah. where it's actually a continuation from the second film where the first and second film are films. Yes. Um, again, that, really weird. I like that. That's, I quite like that as a concept, mm. that they've done that again. I'm just looking at a picture of him. He looks a bit like uh, John Waters, or he's fashioned himself after him anyway. Uh, really? I don't... He's got a little thin moustache and he's holding like a, a polo mallet and a cigar. Oh, right. Yeah, I see what you're saying, yes. Um, yeah, it's a very specific photo that you're looking at there. Um, yeah, I've seen him like with the kind of cowboy hats and all this stuff, but yeah, that's, I think that's, um, yeah, I think you're just looking at one specific, uh, uh specific photo that he, where he's trying to look like, um, what's his name? Fear and loathing guy or something. Um, oh, right. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, Hunter yeah. S. Thompson. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Trying to give a Hunter S. Thompson vibe. Um, so yeah, that's kind of it for Nerd Corner. I would, um, and I think we'll probably delve into Human Centipede 2 at some point. Maybe we'll give it a break for a bit and put it on the list. But it's a tough watch. It's a really tough watch. Um, but it's worth it. But yeah, that's my Nerd Corner. Um, so Dan, that brings us to our final um, impressions. So before you give your final impression. Sam. Yes. I was wondering if you were in the middle of a human centipede. Oh god. And you had to choose. So basically what I want to know is whose arse would you have your mouth grafted to? Mm. You can have Donald Trump. Yeah, multiple choice. Okay. Elvis Presley in his current state. He's what? He'd always be a skeleton. Would even work? Or Winnie the Pooh. Winnie the Pooh. By, Was that your answer? By a mile. Don't, but you're forgetting that Winnie the Pooh has an almost exclusive honey-based diet, which means, which means there'll be some sweet treat. You, <laughs> you're going, going to find it. yourself in a very sticky situation, old boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would be fine. And I Winnie think, the Pooh. Uh, yeah, it would definitely be that. But then Donald Trump or a skeleton. Yeah, it's going to be Winnie the Fluffy Cute Bear. <laughs> so then who would you like to have grafted your anus for uh What, what, are, my choices? what are my choices for that one? Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah. yeah. Ronald McDonald. Or all seven members of the garage rock band King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard. <laughs> It'll be Ellen. Did you hear all that stuff about her recently as well? No. What no, just like apparently like it's all come out that she's horrible to work with. <laughs> like, and she's come out going, oh no, it's not, it's my producers or whatever. Um, but yeah, apparently uh, not a great show to work on. Does she make people attach their lips to her anus? I think there's some ass kissing going on. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, I get a feeling that um, she's not as nice as what she makes it out to be. But I don't know. I didn't really read the whole thing about it. I'm literally just spreading rumours. Um <laughs> 
Dan, what about you then? If you had, should I give you a choice or, do you, or have you already thought about this? If you want to put names in your head. <laughs> I, I, I haven't given it any thought on my behalf. No. Okay. No. Well, let me, let me, let me ask you a question then. Uh, okay. I'm going to give you some choices. So from, um, you can either have, uh, in terms of someone's anus onto your mouth, you can have uh, Jonathan Davis from Corn. <laughs> okay. Um, Santa Claus. Okay. Or oh, a pig. Any particular pig? A, no, not a pig. Like a celebrity pig, like no, babe. Oh. It's like an, an adult pig that you would find at a farm. Well, I have Santa Claus, Father Christmas, magical, magical offerings. Yeah, he's, a, he's a bit of a big, you can imagine it's a big sweaty He arse. is big, isn't he? That's a big sweaty ass that you're kind of getting involved with there. But I imagine he does sort of like white cotton candy like poo. <laughs> well, let's hope for your sake <laughs> that's the case. And then on your, on your bum hole... Can I have some um, nice ones? What yeah, about, I was going to say. I was going to say the three who, most beautiful women of all time. That's what I was going to say. Is it Susanna Hoffs, mm-hmm. um, the girl from Gremlins, Phoebe Cates, Phoebe Cates from Gremlins. All right, so let's say Phoebe Cates from Gremlins, Susanna Hoffs of the Bangles, Susanna Hoffs from the Bangles, and, and Bridget Fonda. Three like, most... Really, they're all, like, going to be in their, like, 50s and 60s. Let's say, like... Um, they're the most beautiful women of all time. Let's just say... Uh, they, 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 they've remained... Hold on. 25 hold on. in my mind. Hold on. Frozen in time in the mid-80s. Hold on. Or, let's say, I don't think, of the... Um, I, don't, I don't want a wild card. A wild card. Of the kid... From um, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and the Goonies, um, but as a kid, not as an adult. Now, no, not him. <laughs> not him. Choice. You have a choice between those three. Can I? Can I not have those three at the front? No. Uh, what you want a kid at the front? No, I don't, I don't want the him at all. <laughs> I want my th- the other three all at the front because there's not that much joy in having them at the back i'm just shitting on them yeah but that's why i don't that's like part of it oh i want i, I want you to be through. embarrassed about it i, oh, I didn't really think it hate through. it i want didn't... you to be like oh my god this is so embarrassing so i'm shitting into like charlie's the ron's mouth or something <laughs> didn't think it through i just thought it'd be sexy and now i realize it's not <laughs> um oh god i'm sorry phoebe i'm sorry old phoebe We've had a lot of conversations about her as well. Well, because she's my favourite. Oh, there you go. Well, there you go. You're going to be shitting in her mouth in no time. Um, <laughs> hey, if you're listening out there, Dan wants to shit in your mouth. <laughs> Hope that's uh, okay. I'm not even going to... Uh, I'm not even going <laughs> to... Yeah, don't Sorry. question it. Yeah. Um, okay, so <laughs> let's go into our final impressions. Uh, Dan, why don't, why don't you give me yours uh, first? Um, this is a horrible film for horrible people if you basically if you like the concept of people being grafted to each other's posteriors 
um, and you just want to see that idea play out on screen, uh, then you'll have a ruddy, bloody good time. Um, but no, if you if you like those kind of like what I kind of think of as kind of like these like roadside type horror films, you know, like Wes Craven, what's that film? First House on the Left and uh, Last House on the Left, yeah, that one. Um, then it's worth a look because it kind of it is a horror film in a traditional vein, I think, in that regard. Mm. Um, and like we've said, there's some quite good filmmaking flourishes on the show. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's not too <laughs> for, the, for the concept, it's not too offensive. Um, yeah. it kind of gives you a little bit of that enough, enough of the concept, you know, for the uh, for the whole film to play out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit seedy, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, okay. Well, Dan, do you want to give me an, an impression today? It's my turn, isn't it? Yes, it is your turn. Um, wow. I haven't really thought about it. I'm trying to think of a celebrity centipede, uh, but I'm struggling. Um, celebrity centipede? <laughs> No cameras. Any, no cameras. No cameras. He's sitting. Really. <laughs> um, what's like? A, not even a celebrity millipede. Um, I would like you to give your final impression uh, in the voice of fellow human Hulk Hogan. God, I can't. I can't do it too loudly. Otherwise, I'll wake, I'll wake the kids up. So I have to be a, a slightly um, a, a muted Hulk. <laughs> quiet. Yeah. Quiet Hogan. Oh, <laughs> I'm going to take a human and a centipede and I'll mash them up together. <laughs> and what I'll get is a human centipede film that's okay by Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll just end it by ripping my shirt off, which I'm not, I'm not going to do. Keep my shirt on. Um, Keep yeah, that for the uh, subscribers that are paying to see the secret video content. That's true, yeah. I made it um, sound a little bit more like Satan as well. <laughs> it was last week. It's quite similar to your, yeah, your Lucifer. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. <laughs> um, okay, Dan. Well, let's get into our... Um, yeah, That was our reviews of it, but let's see what other people thought. Other people? Other people expressing an opinion? I know. It's crazy. Well, on on this our thing show. called the internet... Okay, fine, if we must. I hate it. Right, Dan, this is, you can imagine this is quite divisive, this film. So yes. um, Uncle Bob gave it one out of five. Utter drivel is the subject. Having recently seen some of what appeared to be an even lower budget knockoff, I was intrigued enough to buy a used Blu-ray from Amazon based in part on overhearing a couple of colleagues discussing the film. I have to admit that I only watched about 35 minutes before fast-forwarding through equally garbage scenes to the end. A sick concept that fails on so many levels. The central baddie, this is my favourite bit, appears to be a poor pastiche of the Terminator. What? <laughs> and Joseph Mengele, whatever, making, Mengele. E- making even the work of the latter take on some more sort of credibility. Don't waste your time or money. Wow. Has he basically said because Arnold Schwarzenegger's got an Austrian accent <laughs> that 
he's like a German sadist. Yeah. Yes, pretty much, pretty much. Um, This is uh, Dennis Reed, gave it a one out of five. Um, Ham and tripe is the subject. Great idea, shame about the movie. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant in itself. Uh, It's quite funny. (laughs) It's what a brilliant idea, I should do that, but don't know about the movie. (laughs) Um, Horrific concept, but laughable execution, no pun intended. Lame. Dumb American girls wander off into woods. More ham than Tesco's. I couldn't find a single squinting through the fingers moment. No sex and less tension than PM's question time. Yep, it's that exciting. That's quite a quintessentially British um, <laughs> review there. <laughs> That's quite good. I, I enjoyed that review. Enjoyed that one. Yeah. Um, this is by OMMCC, subject YOY. This is by far the most disgusting film I've ever seen, and I don't know why I bought it. My advice to buyers is this. If the curiosity gets the better of you and you end up buying this film, do not eat before or during the movie. (laughs) (laughs) And do not watch this before bed. I watch this. Love this. I watch this with a belly full of Nando's. (laughs) I felt physically sick as the film started to get really rank. (laughs) As I went to bed when it was finished and couldn't get the images out of my head and ended up feeling really disturbed in my sleep. So I woke up several times. It was also the first thing I saw in my mind when I woke up in the morning for work. And then this one. I, I, I bought... Go on. I just love the idea of this 42-year-old man being so disturbed by this suddenly. Uh, After his Nando's. Um, I bought the second one from HMV a while ago using some vouchers I got given. (laughs) (laughs) So I thought I should see the first one before I watched the second. Uh, Why would you buy the second of a film? (laughs) So he he paid, he got vouchers for HMV and bought the second one without seeing the first and then went out separately to use his real money (laughs) to buy the first film. Oh, what a no. fucking, what a weird way of doing it. And now presumably he won't be able to watch the second one that he bought initially. Yeah, exactly. Um, I've still not watched the second one and I'm considering burning it. Ha ha. <laughs> Seriously, it was a nasty experience. Poor show, Tom Six. <laughs> poor show. Poor show, poor show. Poor show. I'm back to um, those with you. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alan Jones. Uh, Alan oh. Jones? Alan. Let's review it. Oh. Alan. Alan, Alan. We're walking in the yard. Not him. Not that one. Um, clever, but sick. Just to add to comment on this film, probably the sickest thing I've ever seen gave me nightmares. When you consider that these experiments actually happened, then you have to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. The outtakes uh, make you I... sigh with relief. The outtakes make you sigh with relief but just shows that there are some sick people amongst us. Sleep well. Oh, weird thing. The outtakes confirm that it, it wasn't real, I suppose, that they were actors. Exactly. Thank God. Oh, I see, I Side see. Side with relief. Imagine not seeing the outtakes, like me. Um, yeah. Thinking it's real. Uh, and then this one just says, Amazon customer, five stars, no subject. <laughs> just the thing of, <laughs> I thought it was a kid-friendly animation about bugs. That's 
I gave it five stars. It is easy. So <laughs> pleasant, pleasantly surprised uh, that it wasn't that by the sounds of it. <laughs> he got a real treat. Um, yeah, that's it, Dan. I've got one here from Tom Six himself. He says, in a hundred oh. years, people will still be talking about my human centipede films. Do you think that's true? No. I know. In a hundred years? Lost the power of speech as a, uh, as a species. I know that he was like, he wanted to do, um, what's it, 12 Days of Sodom. Have you ever seen that film? Well, so, Salo. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, uh, I've seen bits of it. And again, it kind of like borders on the absurdly funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's pretty disgusting. But again, like something like that, I can imagine a hundred years people still talking about. I don't know if Human Centipede will be it. I really don't know. Not if we've all got anuses grafted to our mouths. No, true. We might be um, farting about it. Yeah, that's right. Um, so, Dan, next week's episode, um, we're actually not going to use the spreadsheet. Um, I have, I'm in the midst of completing Last of Us 2. Yeah. So, I will um, be taking you on a journey to a post-apocalyptic zombie kind of fueled nightmare that is the last of us oh thanks i look forward to that <laughs> i've been I, um, I missed my summer holiday this year so that'll be lovely well enjoy just make sure that you can uh craft health packs using alcohol and dirty rags that you find along the way okay i'm, I'm a dab hand at that Good. Um, but no, in, in all seriousness, I'm kind of coming on to the end of it. Um, and yeah, I just want to give people um, my impressions. And because it is, people might be like, oh, it's really mainstream. It's like the best selling game this year or whatever. That's true. Okay. It is true. But it is a bit odd and weird. And it's a little bit horror. And I like it because it's strange. And also, um, I think there's been a lot of controversy surrounding it and the plot and the storyline and I want to delve into that a bit um, because I don't even really know that much about the controversy around it because I purposefully didn't want to read or see anything before I played the game um, but yeah it should be an interesting one and Dan um, I think even though you've not played the first one I think that it's a kind of game that uh, that you'll enjoy if you did play it because it's yeah the monsters are pretty cool just that alone I think you'd like it I don't know if I've got 30 hours to invest, but I'll take a look. No, um, I'll send you some bits and you can you can see some bits. Um, and that's it, everyone. So I guess thanks for listening. And that was The Human Centipede first sequence. And I believe you can buy all three films together in one package now, the whole sequence, the entire sequence, um, should you wish. Uh, I don't know if I would recommend doing that, um, <laughs> but it, you can if you want to. Um, right, so thanks everyone, and we'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, guys. We're part of a new winter group, so head on over to newwinter.com to check out our other shows. Go to patreon.com slash newwinter to support the network. You can email us at oddcastoddballs at gmail.com and follow this and our other shows on Twitter and Instagram at a new winter. So, see you next time on The Oddcast.
imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.